0: Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I am Noah. And I'm Jesse. Well, well. Uh, hopefully everyone had a wonderful week. Um, I believe we, uh, we had a couple, I think we both had probably a good week here this past week here. And um, with this episode, we will be uh, trying L'Oc- Lomon. Did I pronounce that correctly or is that close enough? One of the two ways they they pronounce it. <laughs> All right. It's a 12-year Highlands uh, Scotch. And, uh, Jess will give you a little bit more information on that here shortly. Uh, we're we'll also, uh, have our, uh, get it togethers and shout outs, which I'm sure it'll be probably along the same lines as usual. <laughs> 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 and, uh, our restaurant review, um, which is, I forgot what, what restaurant did we go to again?
1: It's <laughs> it called little C's TC Tavern. I see. Oh
0: yeah. I see, t- uh, I see Tavern, I think it there was, or go. something like that. Yeah. Uh, I totally spaced that out. So <laughs> I, I apologize, everyone, for that. We'll make sure we have it there for your restaurant review. Then <laughs> we'll have the actual real name for it. And then from there, uh, we have our Smarter Challenge uh, being Bucket List. A um, little bit of talking about like some of the bu- things that we want to do on our bucket list and probably like the importance of having a bucket list. About to leave already packing come with me i'm not really asking we'll get
1: away to- we've got the Aloch lomond 12 year single malt scotch highland scotch as it is, and this one is a non-chilled or unchill filtered scotch at 46% ABV, which, as uh, we continue to learn our own tastes, tends to be one that holds its character and flavor quite well. Sometimes the chill filtered process or reducing it uh, down to that 40% ABV not only changes the alcohol percent by 6%, but also changes the ability for that scotch to hold its true character. Um, this one though has a very interesting history in the sense that there's very little history uh, through it. So in 1814 Lomond Distillery was a Originally built, so 1814, located at the north end of the Lok Lomond. Um, what this is is a Scotch where they built a distillery and then kept no records basically, so it closed but nobody knows when. Then much later in 1965 um, it was reopened and they re- started redistilling in 1966, um, but they went out of business in 1984. So, again, uh, maybe should keep some better records because you can't find out a whole lot of history still at this point. Um, but very shortly after that, um, Glenn Cotrin acquired and resumed production and that's with Alexander Bulloch and Glenn Katrina in 1987 um, and in 1994 was the only distillery in Scotland that did uh, produce whiskey with both grain and malt since then others have chosen to do both as well but at that point in time Loch Lomond was the only one and with that uh, they've had some interesting scientific pieces where there' stills and their design create an opportunity for them to produce scotches and or whiskeys at a much higher alcohol percent during the actual distillation process most distilleries can over only hit about 70 percent um, alcohol whereas theirs can hit 90 um, which could make for an even more interesting build upon character and flavor in this scotch do you have anything you'd like to add
0: well, the only thing I would probably add there is because of that the way they have their stills built, um, there's like these little trays or traps that, which actually comes in more in contact with the alcohol. That's why they're able to reach that ninety percent that you're mentioning there. And they also say because of that, they're also um, able to to reach like more flavors and stuff like that. So um, it is um, it is kind of a. Interesting how they decided to go about brewing their scotches. I don't know if brewing or distilling, I guess, is a better word than brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Witch wizards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I find it odd, though, that for a distillery that went back as far as 1814, that there's, like, no information whatsoever, like, like they kept like no paperwork or like it was all burnt down or i don't even know they don't even know it's like the scottish
1: mob did it right
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so i mean it's kind of like it has like a, a history of a startup shut down startup shut down startup shut down uh up again um but we uh, <laughs> and i think we talked about a couple other kind of distilleries that are kind of similar to that but um i, I do think that it uh, it is pretty cool that they're one of the first ones to have like a Uh, Both like um, grain and malt that they could brew there. So Whiskey and scotch. Whiskey and scotch, yep. And uh, being that it's a Highlands, and uh, I think that's pretty good. And um, for the people who maybe might not know, what's the difference between chilled and non-chilled?
1: It's really the fact that they bring down the temperature, which then also potentially adds water while they're filtering the scotch. So it's really a process to reduce the temperature, to force the filtering process to happen much more rapidly. That's really the point, is to get it done more quickly. And by not forcing that, by letting it uh, filter without being chilled, it does take longer, but a lot of more often sediment, if you will, but also character and flavor comes through. All right. Right. We're going right. to open up this box of this Lomond 12-year Highland single malt scotch whiskey. And the box is a great color.
0: Yeah, I do. I, I like that kind of reddish color that they have going on there. Yes. And the
1: bottle, also pretty damn handsome.
0: You know, um it kind of reminds me of... queen. Uh, Gwyn- yeah. Yeah.
1: They all like those stags, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, this one's coming, Yeah, that's what she said, in a green bottle with gold horns. Um, and again, it's really hard. I understand and don't understand why they do these green-colored bottles. It uh, definitely adds a little bit of color to the potential spirit Uh, but i don't know much about this i've not experienced this whiskey this scotch whiskey before so i don't know if it's going to be a light golden color or a little bit deeper my guess is by the fact that it's unchilled or non-chill filtered and it's sitting at that 46 percent abv it's not going to be an extremely light gold Um, i don't know that it's going to be a rich amber but i don't think it's going to be a light gold
0: well, I, I, I don't know the answer to that either, but I, I may know a answer for the green glass.
1: Let's hear about the green um, so glass. So when I
0: used to work in the uh, in, in the liquor industry and I was a manager of a liquor store, um, when it came to beers, and I learned this also when I was at the Huntington Brewery, but the green glass or even the brown glass that they use with uh, the Amstel Lights beer, it's to help protect the uh, beer from the sunlight. So... I know these come in boxes or, you know, something that protects them from the sunlight, but maybe that's part of it too, though, to kind of protect them from the light. Don't know if that's true, if it holds true with scotch, but that's what they do with the beer. And um, so maybe that might be an answer.
1: It might be. It will be an interesting scientific experiment to uh, look into to see if a green bottle actually does filter out any of the ultraviolet A or B radiation that would disturb the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hmm. It is a handsome bottle. Not necessarily my favorite. But I have nothing against it. It's not striking bad. It's just not striking great. But I wouldn't be afraid to be seen with it.
0: You know, by looking at the bottle there, I think what, what kind of uh, is a little bit offsetting with it might be the red label. Because I'm not really sure if it matches with the uh, the scotch that's actually in the green bottle. Like, the gold is fine. But I think it's just like that red with that kind of like the color of the scotch and the green bottle because it almost comes like uh, out more like a brown washes it out yeah and i think it just like the gold stag looks okay um the gold bordering looks okay but i just think that that kind of like that red brickish color or whatever color red that is maybe they should have gone with a different color there
1: all right here's something else some people may learn as we pop this cork oh do
0: you do see that, that? Yeah, <laughs> well, did you see that? Yeah, she saw. That. And uh, do you, got, if you don't know what we're talking about there, if you can't see it in the on the screen there, you just saw a little bit of like, what would you call that? Scotch smoke? S- I don't semen, know. Uh, uh, Scotch <laughs> semen.
1: <laughs> a little bit of heaven. Uh,
0: hmm.
1: It is definitely a vapor of some sort. Oh, yes, sure. you need to watch while I pour.
0: This scotch here, Loch Lamond. Lamond. Um, the coloring I have, I put down here, is kind of a uh, light to medium copper kind of color or brassy color there. So it's like in that light to medium gold. Um, and uh, it actually has like nice clarity to it. You don't see really like a whole lot of sediments or anything floating around in there. So I don't really see any they're in mine. (laughs) They're in yours.
1: I might have poured a little heavy on mine.
0: (laughs) You might have a little bit more than I do. And and I was also the first pour. So maybe maybe that might be some of it there. Any case. um, um, On the nose, I'm getting um, caramelized apple with vanilla and slight oak. The oak is really, really mild, so the only reason why I picked up the, maybe, like, a little bit of oak is, like, when I put, the, put a little bit in my palm and kind of, like, heated it up and smelled it that way. <clears throat> but, yeah, pretty much um, I'm giving, like, caramelized apple um, with vanilla. And um, I think it has a very inviting nose to it. And then when I, uh, on the uh, palate, I'm getting a, a bit of sweetness there, maybe, like, a brown sugar with... Uh, with a green apple and vanilla tones to it um, and maybe some slight pear. And uh, uh, I think it's really – I think the palette is really inviting. It uh, makes you definitely uh, – it's kind of, like I said, like, there's like a nice sweetness to it, but then there's also like a kind of like a fresh fruit crisp crispness to it too. And on um, my finish, I'm getting a uh, dry, spicy – Vanilla apple, and and really, what this what this scotch reminds me of is Halloween. Nice. It reminds me of like October. Reminds me of the fall. It reminds me like uh, as a kid, you go and you go like bob for apples and have caramelized apples and stuff like that. And honestly, I can see this as a really great like you know Halloween type of scotch.
1: Bobbin' for apples, trick or treat, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, go go for a hay, hay ride with your woman, uh, and bring the bring the bottle of scotch with you, or go into like a ma- like a corn maze with it. <laughs>
1: so like, where's your girl? I don't know, I
0: lost her somewhere, but I got my girl right here. <laughs> I got my other girl right here. <laughs>
1: you mean my honey Amber?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think it, that that's what it reminds me of. It just reminds me of fall um a little bit cooler air uh air you know like where the air gets a little bit cool and then you have like those like nice granny smith apples and uh you know like the cinnamon um that you might get with that and like me have like a, uh, you know like uh the caramelized apples and then then the apple cider where you put a cinnamon stick in it just kind of reminds me of that whole type of time frame and um and honestly i think it's a it's a I am pretty impressed, I mean, because honestly, I, I wasn't expecting much out of this, and I think this was like at a $45 price point.
1: Man, for me... um You know, we kind of joked about this one, so I agree. I didn't have super high expectations going in. But with that, this is definitely a light amber, dark gold colored here. Um, I think it's great. It really catches the light well, and I I like that. I like something that uh, looks like money, even if it's not. (laughs) Um, With that, though, on the nose, this one is super intriguing to me because it was really hard for me to place and decide what it is exactly that I'm smelling. And who knows, maybe I got like COVID version 28.523. But regardless of that, I am getting hints of a little bit of green apple, a little bit of peach, and that's the sweetness to me. And here's where it gets weird is you start mixing... um, scents like peach and green apple and then what's the one other thing that will absolutely throw it off a hint of lemon so this has definitely got a little bit of lemon citrus a little bit of um peach maybe a hint of pear but mostly peach and then that green apple and i'm talking you blend these flavors together. It's kind of like when you make a fruit salad and then you put the dash of lemon on it. You're putting the lemon on it to increase the acidity, to reduce the bacteria growth, to keep the fruit looking fresh, but it absolutely changes the flavor as well. And that's kind of what this is doing. It's having this um, mingling effect between peach, again, maybe a little pear, green apple, and that hint of lemon. But when you taste those flavors together... You get this 46% ABV scotch that was aged in three types of casks. You've got your ex bourbon casks, your refilled casks, and then your recharred casks. So the recharge is where they empty it out and then they rechar it and then they refill it to get it a little bit more of that smoke flavor. I think with that, what they brought in was some of the not so sweet. Um, it's not it, it's very Um, dry, but in a pleasant way. It's not forbearing. It's like uh, that lemon meringue, the meringue on a lemon pie. You got the hint of lemon flavor in there, um, but the meringue is dry for the most part. But you know, you know, there's just a little bit of vanilla in there, smoothing it out. And with that, again, you get the hint of peach. Um, But as you go from that medium body um, again, it's it's very inviting. That medium body, you go to a medium finish. And I think this is where those oak casks, the uh, recharred in particular really come out is because it's like this wonderful Italian dry wine or French dry wine. So it's sweet, but it's not sweet in the sense that it's actually sugar. It's smooth. It's more smooth than sweet. It's like this vanilla smooth peach green apple. And then it finishes with something I really enjoy, that hint of smoke, which once again, I think comes from those recharred casks. Um a pleasant surprise, a new treat, Highland Scotch. Unlike anything, I think we've tried to this point. Um, price point, not terrible, right around the 40 to $50 range. Right. Um, that's not bad at all for a 12-year Highland Scotch. I, and, man, would I take this to a party? Absolutely, especially at the price point. And I'm not trying to offend anyone, or if I was, I would definitely bring something much more offensive than this. This is pretty... Uh, pleasing to most palates right out of the bottle. It was a little hot, um, the 46% ABV, but you give it just a few minutes and that's when it smooths out to that meringue, peach, lemon, and green apple, and smoke. Uh, to me, it's a pleasant surprise and it would be a blast to take to a poker night. Be like, hey guys, try this one on. Uh, you're going to like her.
0: <laughs> I agree. This is one I could easily share and that would be... Um Taken back by sharing it, like I, I I think it's uh, easy enough for people to to drink that are not really scotch drinkers, Um, and you know it's the the bottling is is decent, Uh, the price point is right. Um, Yeah, I think this is a this is a great one to
1: share in the middle of this. Have you ever made your strawberries with cream and biscuits or strawberry shortcakes with Bisquick where it's that dry cake as opposed to the sweet moist cake? No, I've always, I've always used the, uh, the angel food cakes cakes, or the pound cake, angel food cake mix. Um, something we need to try is that if you use bisquick and you make your strawberry shortcake cakes, they come out basically like biscuits. And I'm talking like chicken and biscuits, biscuits. They're not really sweet, but there's that hint of whether it's honey or something else that is sweet in there. And again, they're pretty dry, but they've got this like inviting almost cereal flavor in the middle of this. when it's transcending from this uh, crisp apple, peach, lemon hint um, through to the smoke and this meringue vanilla, um, that's, and it's going dry because of all those oaks. That's kind of what I'm sensing is it's like a biscuit. It's like a Bisquick biscuit. And it, uh, it, again, a great flavor, uh, perfect balance to go from those fruit flavors to the smoke and vanilla. Uh, again, it's fun. So you have me on two of those items.
0: One, lemon meringue. Uh, uh, if I've had one, it's been like a way oh long time. No.
1: Like when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. So pretty much I don't even
0: know what a lemon meringue probably tastes like.
1: It's not the lemon. You got to like almost take the lemon out of it, but realize there's a hint of lemon in there and it's just about the meringue. Yeah, I don't even know what that tastes like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the other one, Bisquick. I I don't recall ever having any Bisquick biscuits or anything like that. You
1: know, it's funny because it's. uh, I think
0: uh, the last thing, last time I remember, (laughs) is probably like pre-high school. And I think uh, my dad used Bisquick to help uh, to make like pancakes.
1: Yeah, a lot of people will do that too. And again, they're not the sweet pancakes, but that's perfect when you're just gonna but, drown them in syrup. <laughs> so,
0: but and he, but with that though, that was like. That was a long time ago. I don't even remember what those taste like.
1: Bisquick was a really inexpensive way, and might still be, if you can still find it, to make pancakes and biscuits and other items. Because much like a pancake mix, it was all pretty much in there, and you added a few things here and there. Um, But what it is is it's not sweet. But it still gives you this sense of, man, this is smooth. And it's not that it's not sweet. It's just not sweet. It's like you find that perfect balance between uh, acidity and basic on a chemistry scale.
0: Okay. I will. uh, The other thing I I forgot to mention earlier, I think maybe you did too, but I think this kind of helps point out what you're talking about with the Oak is that they own their own cooperage. So they uh, actually repair their barrels and they char all their barrels. So, um, I'm not sure how many other uh, distilleries have their own cooperages, but Oak uh, Lamont uh, does, and so maybe that's the reason why we're getting like some of this nice oak flavors out of this one
1: I think that's absolutely I love the fact that you brought that up Um, that's the reused or recharged um, barrels Um, I love the oak flavor that is absolutely in my mind where you're getting these hints of the meringue of the smoke for sure from the recharge and then from that biscuit for me that medium blend uh, I think that's absolutely a, a well played by them and then also like let's face it not that we recycle everything but it's also responsible
0: to a place where we don't know. It's time
1: for our shout-out. Sure. Eco-friendly.
0: If you're about green life.
1: Just like my green my gas-burning car, man. <laughs> Green life means first you have to have a life. You're not killing people in another country who are sending their children to die for mining cobalt for the batteries for your car. So I'm all about life, man. (laughs) (laughs) Eco-friendly.
0: And for those of you who don't know that, he's talking about co-research cobalt (laughs) and why it's used in some...
1: Vehicles and how it's mined for that are recharged.
0: <laughs> and then, when you go look at that, go look at how, in the or how, or where they get the energy to recharge these batteries that use cobalt. Mm.
1: And, and then,
0: after you're done doing researching that part, fossil fuels, <laughs> and after you're done researching that, research how they recycle these batteries,
1: yeah, and or lack thereof. Yeah, how they don't recycle these batteries. Uh, More importantly... Well, that's a get-it-together right there, man. man, As you mentioned it, though, more important than that is how they aren't able to easily recycle all the wind source electric farms, windmills (laughs) that now they're... You you, you saw the most recent article on this, right?
0: Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) <laughs> we totally just switched gears here, going right into
1: like getting together. Right, All right, let's go to the shout out. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm just
0: making sure. Is that what we just no, did? No, man,
1: I was just going to like bring my own, but I think, okay, it, no, is, I think it is a good story, So we
0: might, we might as well just go right in, like keep going, man. Sorry, I just had to pause you real quick to just make sure that's what we were doing. And that's what we're doing. Let's let's keep running uh, with it. I was just
1: talking about how Le Lamont <laughs> has decided to be eco-friendly and reuse some of their barrels, which again, I actually do think is smart, especially when you're getting flavor and you can rechar them and then get that additional flavor oh, yeah. in there. Like it's actually smart. But how it's not smart is uh the windmills. wind farms where it's not the problem where they're making pieces of them out of metal that are easily recyclable. It is, and if you don't know this, most military helicopters, most helicopters in general, those propellers that you would think you would use the strongest material possible for, yeah, it turns out that's not metal. That's actually fiberglass and composite resined materials put together because they are actually stronger and more durable than metals of the same size and shape. So they've been doing this and now they're finding as these first farms have aged 30 years and those that haven't already fallen over and killed birds and cattle and people are just collapsing and they don't know what to do with the remnants um so they've tried a million different things and they can ultimately recycle them um they end up doing more harm than good it's kind of like hey man will you recycle that that meth rock right there how do you do that you just burn it and inhale it okay so i'm gonna kill my brain and recycle the air that i'm gonna burn that meth rock with i don't think that makes sense but let's give it a try that's basically what they're doing with all the chemicals to recycle these wind farms but here's where i was going with this is this is my favorite part is uh, this is the new science hey man noah And what are we going to do about all these wind farms that are failing? And, uh, people are going to start asking questions. I think a couple already did about how we have, uh, dumps full of these windmill propellers already. What should we do to hide that in the future? Wait, you know what? I got an idea Uh, let's go build them off the coast. So when they fall and they collapse, they fall under the water and no one can see them and we don't have to go surfing for them. Yeah, there's a good idea. Done. Let's pass this bill in Senate. Up next, the Senate. We'll see what they eat. So this is
0: a great get it together uh, uh, for the. I mean, I understand why there's this big push for you know recycling and the whole like go green type of thing. And you know, idealistically, if we lived in in a perfect utopia that would be the perfect way to go about some things and, and it makes you feel good and all warm and fuzzy inside. But you know, a lot of this stuff you have to actually have to look a little bit deeper into. And with these windmills, um, I found it really surprising because you know, you, you, you always hear about like how it's green energy and, um, you hear a lot of good things about it. But then, you know, as I started doing more research, I found, I started to learn like how it's been like killing like, uh, insects and, um, bothering wildlife and killing birds and stuff like that and then i stumbled upon like these uh the windmill graveyards where they take the blades and they have just been burying them in like uh in casper wyoming and uh, was it uh is it sweetwater texas or something so like it's
1: that it's wyoming and texas
0: <laughs> but anyways but <laughs> they, they might just,
1: if they knew about it <laughs>
0: And uh, they just they just don't know how really how to um, recycle these in a very uh, efficient way. So basically, just turns it turns into waste, and they have to like bury them or or dump them somewhere. And uh, I mean, they try to like you make some of these uh, windmill blades into parks and stuff. And
1: kids uh, <laughs> can play with this park,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> it looks like a dump, but it's a park. <laughs> and, and then we have like these uh, electric cars that uh, take. You know, like a, the energy that you use to like charge these cars, there's not enough energy around. And now you're getting like, a, you know, power companies charging more money for when people get home and, and start charging their cars and things
1: like that. Yeah. Core Electric's going to start charging 33% more energy from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. every evening. What happens at that time? Do people come home and charge their electric cars? I think so. Ah, oh, damn.
0: And then, what people, you know, the people who drive around in these cars, they think they're doing like, oh, I'm keeping my carbon footprint super low. And then you ask them like, well, how about the little kids in Africa who have to go mine the uh, the cobalt, and that they're raping these like the little girls that are doing it, and then these little kids are dying at like five, six, seven years old, and then they have these big huge holes in the ground. And then, what are they going to do to recycle all this, all these batteries later when they die?
1: Put them back in the holes and cover them up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Send it back. That's where we got it from. Let's send it back.
0: And you, and you ask these people that, and this is and this is their response. Oops, that's their response right there. They don't have one.
1: Sounds like a snake approaching a bird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All, All right. Um, well, that's a, I, I mean, I, I think we went on a couple uh, get it together's there. I, but I believe you had another really good get it together oh man let's talk let's, about.
1: let's first do our shout out oh okay. you got shout outs
0: uh I don't know we were just on a roll here I have to rethink about what my shout out I'll, was. I'll
1: go first my shout out goes to damn it once again and I mean this only in a positive way um damn it only because man I, I really do root for Ferrari uh but Leclerc did not make it happen so my shout out goes to Verstappen and Honda even though there's no official Honda badge on that engine they produce for Red Bull Racing uh for winning the French Grand Prix I believe well I know his uh lead have has now exceeded 60 points as opposed to closing the gap Ferrari just kind of helped reopen it. uh but yes uh Verstappen in Honda once again Red Bull Racing cheers to the French Grand Prix victory to you
0: That's a good one um I think um one of the ones i do remember i was going to talk about and i i still don't remember the other one uh is the creators of the tv show what we do in the shadows (laughs) (laughs) uh i just love that series i you know um yeah after i got my promotion or at least even basically this like last week and a half two weeks i haven't really been watching a lot of tv and I didn't even know the series started back up until you told me about it. <laughs> and, uh, man, the, the, there's only three episodes uh, in this new this newest series, uh, in the new season. And, I, I, I mean, every season, you know, there might be some episodes that are a little bit slow, but there's always, like, one big event that happens in them that make you just, like, die laughing. But there's a whole bunch of, like, little things that, in each one of these episodes that is hilarious. As long as you're open to it. Yeah. As long, yeah She's suppose. funny. <laughs> I think it's a great show. Um, And if you've never watched it, I'd give that, I'd just give that show a try. So I just want to give those creators a shout
1: out. Now, as he says that, remember, if you are more of a general rated G movie, you do not want your six-year-olds watching what we do in the shadows.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not made for <laughs> for young kids.
1: uh that's Yeah, true. started out test the waters. um I love it. I think it's great, but I also think it's very adult. Now that comes into a, a future smarter challenges, uh, which is uh when you decide a, a child is ready enough to watch these things and be an adult. I, I don't a, think
0: I'm a good character. I don't think I'm a good person to ask you to ask I, that question. I, I know, but body. it's
1: it's going to come. You have a lot of time, I promise you. But that eventually will be a smarter challenge.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm not really sure I'm the best person. In since I have no kids to talk about that but
1: I mean but that's your purview that's why uh, it's a a different perspective I Uh, I was watching
0: radar movies like when I was six so yeah I'm pretty sure my
1: parents had me watching The Exorcist when I was like six, seven, eight and like to this day I'm still wrecked by it I don't watch it
0: (laughs) that makes two of
1: us (laughs) (laughs) so maybe that was the right thing to do is like oh hey kid you want to watch this rated X movie let me show you exactly how many vegetables can disappear <laughs> i don't ever want to see that again look i don't have to worry about my son ever getting anyone pregnant he's going to be celibate for life <laughs> <laughs> and on that note how about you get it together so-
0: well, I was going to say, uh, I'm not sure who to get it together actually really truly goes to. I'm not sure if it's the SEC or if it's the American people or if it's uh, Congress. But um, the situation is um, right before they uh, passed the, uh, the bill here to give a bunch of like um, a couple of companies that produce microchips uh, some money, Nancy Pelosi's husband bought a ton of stocks uh, or or a ton of shares of one of the uh, microchip companies and made a ton of money off of it. And you cannot possibly tell me that this was not insider trading.
1: So, you know, it's interesting because technically, neither of them worked for one of these companies, but weren't they trying to pass a law where Congress and Senate could not do these sorts of things? But now, here's what's interesting. Where does she fall in that line?
0: She's guilty as hell.
1: I know that that is clear, but uh, what I'm saying is she's not Congress. She's not Senate.
0: Yeah, she is. She's part of Congress, All she's right. a House of Representatives. Well, all
1: right. But you know, I think the speaker just, of the house. Now here's the tricky line. It wasn't her. It was her husband. Like when, when does this get real? Like so far, all of the charges they've ever passed are not on. Hey, the CEO told his wife to go invest 50 billion of their dollars and go make another 50 billion because it, it's going to be a smart move. Uh, it's always the actual politician. She's just like, here's another prime example of politicians doing something. They're like, yeah. Hey man they can come after me but you go give the order not guilty <laughs> i knew about it i told you about it but you're not an insider you're my husband
0: yeah but i'm pretty sure the insider trading their laws are like if someone tells you about it or sure
1: commodities and everything else yeah she'll um I'm i
0: don't think anything's see. gonna happen to her because like nothing ever seems to happen to these democrats
1: no so, i mean if she or any other politician if she was too. republican or independent Oh man we'd be on the July January 6th hearings all over again
0: <laughs> I would say there's a greater chance that yeah that happening I mean there are probably some Republicans that get away with shit too but uh, for the most part and like for right now it seems like there's a lot of Democrats
1: getting away with shit but it does happen on both sides of the aisle and
0: that shit really needs to be
1: fixed and just so you know no and I fully support people pooping in toilets just not getting away with unnecessary shit. <laughs> How much money do you have to come out of your position, Pelosi, in to feel good about doing wrong um, going into it? (laughs) Like, that's just real. Also, Hillary, we did not say one bad thing about you. Please do not show up. (laughs) Do not kill us. All right. With that, my shout out. You mean get it together? No, man. My shout out still goes to Verstappen. Oh. But my get it together (laughs) still goes to Biden. Um, yeah, so. I don't know if you guys caught this in the news. I'm like starting to think more and more people like forget about six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, really quick. And that's amazing to me. Like, I don't know how you do that. So uh, Biden is now saving America by doing the opposite of what he did when he ruined America. So he's making gas cheaper uh, when he came in in his gold green initiative base and saved the world base was uh, let's make gas really expensive so everyone goes electric so we have to burn gas to provide electricity (laughs) yeah still will never understand that one but really Biden how like I don't know if this get it together either actually goes to Biden or the people who don't see between the lines which is this guy's claiming to save be saving America with gas prices Uh, he's not wrong by the way ultimately gas prices will not reverse delivery or destination charges they won't reverse all of the inflation that we've experienced uh they will slow it down but you got to go back to what created this and the first real hmm, uh, pillar in that community was when he closed off the future of our north american pipeline
0: and don't forget about all the um the leases that he canceled too
1: yeah, I'm just again, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out who my get it together is for. Like, do you support Biden reversing the actions he took, but he's actually not doing that. The damage has been done. It's like saying, Hey is man Is he
0: is he really like reversing it no, that's or is he it. just
1: or is he just like giving out more reserve guests? No, man, he dropped the A-bomb on Japan. This time it was, he dropped an A-bomb, a, a, a gas bomb on America. And now he's like, okay, so everyone's dead or mutated in this area. Oh, I've got an idea. Let's give him some Ajax to clean that up. It's going <laughs> to hurt. But well, we
0: can be, live with no distractions. We'll get away. This is what we
1: for. I see, brew house, centennial.
0: Oh, you found the name, too. I was about to say that. Not the way you said it. You said it much better than I did.
1: Well, I feel like it was true to their, like, general energy.
0: Yeah, the energy there was actually really great. I mean, um, you had, like, a much younger crowd there. I think also maybe it might have been, like, post-work type of crowd. Post-Biden. Um, you know, with people getting <laughs> off of work. <laughs> uh but it looks like it was like uh pretty much like uh mid twenties, mid thirties. Uh most people
1: there. So we fit right in.
0: Yeah. And um the uh they had a pretty good uh, beer selection there, and the food wasn't too bad. No.
1: It yeah. wasn't bad at all.
0: No, it wasn't. Um in fact, but <laughs> here's here's a, <laughs> even though I'm saying a lot of good things about it, but it, it was kind of like same time is a little bit unmemorable because, uh, first of all, at our time remember the name, <laughs> and second of all,
1: together, together, Ricey Brewhouse.
0: Maybe, brew maybe house. this should be a, a give it together for me, because <laughs> I don't really recall what I had, but I think it was a burger.
1: You had the fish and chips, bro. Oh, I had the fish and chips. <laughs> So I, I ordered the crispy chili relleno egg rolls yeah we started with those they were flavorful <laughs> came out piping hot um and then you went with the fish and chips and i went with the pork nachos
0: Yeah, so i had the fish and
1: chips thank you for the reminder that's a good burger though
0: <laughs> it's one tasty
1: burger is this a low beef burger
0: so that's how memorable my meal was actually <laughs> um The fish and chips weren't that bad. It was um, definitely not like, (laughs) dude,
1: you gotta like, you gotta realize that you can like reboot at this point, or you can be like, yeah, it was that, because it's like the fish and chips weren't that bad. It's like, yeah, the sex wasn't that bad. I don't know how to recover from this. Like I yeah. totally, I totally Dude, screw this stuff. Really. I don't know you really can't, because you tell her the 6 wasn't that bad. It's like, oh.
0: But the funny part is I actually did like the place. I mean, I thought the place was pretty nice. And the food honestly didn't taste all that bad. It was just like, I think it's because it, I don't know what it is, but it just wasn't like super memorable. I mean, I don't remember all the details. I just remember like I enjoyed going to that place.
1: I think it did have an interesting energy. I think it was hopping when we went there. Uh, We were there Wednesday, right around... Five-ish. Five-ish. So a lot of the tech center business was hopping into it. Um, For me, it was an interesting people-watching venue, for sure, because I'm like, this party, that party, that party... And that party, none of them make sense to me. (laughs) Maybe
0: that's why, uh, maybe I don't even remember my food. Because none of it made sense.
1: Dude, like, literally, (laughs) was just like, okay, so you got the super hot chick and the rich guy. And then a bunch of dweebs. (laughs) And then the nerds. And then the tech bods. And then the hipsters just covered four generations at one table
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know like i loved how they had like a bunch of tvs up with the sports with sports going on um i will say like my 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 fish and chips it definitely was not memorable (laughs) um enjoyable i mean it was enjoyable enough to eat i didn't complain about it uh but i think here's part of my problem why i don't really order fish and chips a lot anyways. Is that after spending some time in Ireland, and eating like some really good fish and chips, and then um, even in uh, um, in Boulder, there used to be like a really good Irish pub there called Connor's, which has has shut down a few years back. But uh, they really had some really great fish and chips there. Um, it just seems like most like uh, pub fair food that when you go to places, their fish and chips are just like okay and and uh, nothing like i've had previously and so a lot of times i avoid it um they didn't bring the malt vinegar with my you know with my fish and chips which i think was a little bit of a knock on their part
1: i think it showed to the generation they typically serve probably um
0: their tartar sauce was okay um the one thing i didn't like about it was like it was like a little bit too flaky uh because when i went to go eat my fish and chips and dip it into the tartar sauce it all like disintegrated uh, so that made it kind of hard to like put you know your dip your your fish into the tartar sauce, uh, and also like the uh, the color of it was more brown than golden, um, which um, I think a good fish uh, a good fish from a fish and chip should be more golden than brown. So we're talking about the breading, yeah, the breading. Um, but I I still would give it like probably like a seven point five for the food and about a seven point five for the atmosphere. Do I think you could take a first date there? Yeah, I think you probably could. I think the some of the appetizers were, were good, but I, uh, but the appetizers are different on the happy hour menu than they are on the actual menu. So if you want something like the uh, the chili relleno poppers or whatever they were, uh, you have to do it on the happy hour menu, not on the regular menu. So that's something they could probably probably keep in mind there as well. Um, I'm just, I'm gonna give the place seven and a half. Like I said, I, I did like the atmosphere. I thought the food was decent, even though I didn't remember what I had.
1: <laughs> it was just, a fishy burger.
0: <laughs> it was a fishy <laughs> burger, uh, and there's no way for me to recover. So I'm like, yeah, it was a great meal. So I'm just gonna just keep on going along, along with like uh, what I didn't remember what I but <laughs> I remember about what I didn't like about it, um, and uh, the oh, and then with the fries. I, I forgot to probably mention this too. The fries didn't stay really warm after I got done eating my chips. They they got kind of soggy, and that that's not really like what I wanted. In my fish and chips either. Um, so once again, I know I'm giving it a little bit higher. I think uh, because of the chili relleno poppers or whatever, those things were those were really good. And I usually don't eat chili rellenos, so I'll, I'll, I mean I think that kind of bumps up the fish and chips <laughs> part there. So. Or maybe I just had too much to drink and I don't even know it, and uh I'll just pass. Uh, I'll I'll just stop talking
1: now. <laughs> no, man, you're good. Uh, there's so many things I want to say. That's what she said that I can't. Uh, but do you ever remember when uh, Lady Gaga wore that outfit made out of meat? Yeah, yeah. No better like example of meat curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Sand like that was great. So, with that, uh, <laughs> I see brew house centennial. Um, man, the chilorieno egg rolls to me were also very good. They actually reminded me very much so of when I made my own crispy chilorienos at home. Um, Because you use egg roll wrappers, so it tasted almost identical. The only thing I would say is I used a little bit more Monterey Jack in mine. They used a little more cheddar, and mine were better. (laughs) I love to rhyme all the time. So with that, uh, after moving from that, I almost went with the fish and chips. But when the lady was like, oh, yeah, the fish and chips are good, I was like, I don't believe you. Not for one second. I'm having the pork nachos. <laughs> uh, again, happy hour menu items, seven bucks. They were good. My only hesitation would I go back and order them again is I'm um, not a ton of pork on them. So, on like Twin Peaks, man, those were loaded with meat. These they were. were not. These were not. And uh, the meat was good. It just wasn't great. Uh, but the detractor, so you have, uh, yeah, our promoter, and now I'm going to be a detractor. The detractor was, man, they were like the healthy chips. They're not the real fried <laughs> chips. They were like the uh, all wheat healthy chips that are probably baked. I don't even know if they weren't they tasted like it even worse (laughs) that means i ate the crap and it tasted like crap but other than that i ate all the toppings just couldn't finish the chips uh for me ultimately i think the servers minus once we got in like those first two servers were like we'll be with you in a couple minutes it's just like all right we only got money to spend that's fine (laughs) uh minus them, the rest of the servers were very pleasant. They brought food attentively. They took care of us, no detractors there. Um, so for service, I'm right there with you seven point five. Um, for food, this is where I, I struggle because uh, my prices were good, but man, you paid like 19, eighteen, 19 bucks for those fish and chips. and watching you eat them, I'm like, man, she's not a great fish, like and the chips, the fries. When I saw you like biting into that soggy, non-delicious, non-salty, crisp, I was just like, all right, so glad I went with the nachos almost with the healthy (laughs) chips, but I don't know if there was a win there. Uh, But ultimately, for me, the food was a seven. Uh, The beers, uh, man, price-wise and everything else, an eight. Um, The atmosphere. Now, the place had a good energy, but what I didn't like is you have all these TVs everywhere, but unless you're reading lips, you don't know what the heck's going on. There was no sound the place was so noisy you could barely hear each other talking Um, i don't have a problem with that if it's the music i'm trying to talk over but when everyone's just trying to be noisy it was just like why is everyone yelling (laughs) you're sitting across the table from each other it's okay a securities insecurities aside i can hear you too you're good uh but with that um the environment actually i didn't love as much as you did i know you liked it for me the environment was a six um because i wasn't going there to watch tv i was going there for food and brew um and and that was actually like the the sheer number of tvs with no actual impact or positive impact on my life um or did i even see one person in the entire place watching it for more than a couple glances here and there nobody was so during a sporting event boom, that place is happening. Final Four, Stanley Cup, Super Bowl, playoffs here, playoffs there. Uh, Absolutely going to be booming. Everyone's going to be tuning into those TVs. For me, it just wasn't that scene. Ultimately, I give the place a seven, Um, but I don't have anything like, it's not that I have anything against it. Would I go there with a first date? It wouldn't be my first choice, but if it was one of the choices and it would save me time, yeah, Go there. You're not going to be disappointed as long as you're not expecting a lot. I think I expected a lot for more of a hipster looking place. And what I got was more of a healthy place, which I guess technically is hipster. You know, they're like, yeah, man, don't drink, smoke weed. It's healthy. Eat a mushroom. No, 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 no not the supers. i got a mushroom <laughs> but with all of that there you know like more of the healthy so maybe it does make perfect sense um but again i'm not taking anything away from it. you gotta remember a, a five is average a six is a good score um a seven is actually really good and the service definitely led that score um the location was a little interesting getting into and around nothing terrible just nothing great and it looked like it was part of a almost like an apartment complex, like well done, intellectually, intelligently done by an apartment complex to have a, a food or an eatery in you know, built in, so to speak, where they're also leasing this establishment to the providers who are making money. But um, definitely interesting. If I, What I would love is if I lived in those apartments, I would love knowing I could go down there at happy hour and get the crispy chitrino egg rolls several nights a week because they were like five bucks. Yeah. Maybe even four bucks, like they were ridiculously cheap. And that's the one place where this place did win was value to me. Um, like value if you're not looking for the glitz or the glam or anything else. Yeah, go in there casual, have a good time. So for me, like 10 out of 10 if you're gonna take a buddy there. Take my hand, will make it somehow. The bucket, bucket list, list. the bucket
0: list. Woo. So first, since we were talking about um, just just a moment ago, about working on PTO time and stuff like that. Um, what is the importance of a person having a bucket list to begin with before we talk about some of our bucket list?
1: Uh, just like it is with work, it's to have goals. And then ultimately, hopefully, as an individual with a bucket list, you start to create a plan to achieve those goals, those bucket list items. It gives you purpose in life is another piece. And what I would ultimately challenge everyone with is uh, I'm not saying continue to make a bucket list to your 120 and can't do anything on it, most likely. However, if uh, you're 35 years old and you win the Powerball and you can knock out the top 10 things on your bucket list tomorrow, don't able to create a new bucket list and then also make them things that are true bucket list items for you not something that's just like oh I'm gonna go buy another Ferrari
0: <laughs> I think bucket lists are are, are important like uh, like you mentioned I think it's uh, it's good to have goals and basically a bucket list is a goal of things to do and achieve and I think when, when someone puts together a bucket list it should be things of like um, Things that will improve you as a person, and uh, things that will bring you joy, and things that will give you experiences that you've uh, wanted or desired. So, like if you if you never own like a like a super sports car, you know maybe like going to Las Vegas and and driving like a Ferrari around the lap that might be a bucket listing So that way, because it may be a, it may be out of a person's reach to own one of those cars, but maybe they want the experience of driving one. So that might give them a way of doing that.
1: Anyone who's driven from me knows a supercar in my hands is always dangerous because I will pull <laughs> every pony from under that hood or trunk.
0: <laughs> so, um, so whether it be an experience or whether it be something that uh, improves you mentally, physically, or otherwise, uh, or improves your life, I think that's uh, that's a that's a good a good thing there, um, or something that's going to bring you joy. Like I don't think it should just like I don't think your bucket list should just be just. Frivolous things I think they should have like some little bit of meanings to it so that being stated that being said, uh, since we both kind of talked about like why we think bucket lists might be important or in our opinions of why they are important, uh, what's one of the things on your bucket list?
1: All right <coughs> no surprise here making the easy low-hanging fruit first, travel to Scotland. And spend at least four weeks there visiting the sites, the scenes, and some distilleries. Ooh. And why is that? I know you said it's a low hanging fruit, but for the peeps. Oh, yeah, if you haven't realized, it, you can't have Scotch without Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, it is. So uh, imagine this. Uh, this is an interesting piece because this is where it gets super complicated and it gets super fun as well. Uh, imagine NASA for uh, quite some time, having people, kids, students, future employees, ultimately, uh, dreaming, thinking about going to the moon and Mars, anywhere. and you live decades of your life possibly um, looking at dreaming of turning that dream into a possibility of uh, being a part of um, having this become a reality. So that doesn't matter if you're a construction worker and you're a welder on the platform of a shuttle or a rocket. It doesn't matter if you're an astronaut. You can be an engineer in between or uh, an electrician who has to figure out exactly how to work things or um, any other number of physicists, engineers, scientists, biologists. A lot of science in there. Um, but any other people who have an impact on that. And then you get a chance to make it real. So with this, you've been doing tons of research. You went to school, like so many of us do, right? You study for four years, and then after you get out of school, you are lucky if you are lucky if you get to apply 10% of what you learn to real life. Um, Now, with some of these people, though, they got to apply much more than that, and that's no different than us. We are doing years of research, studying scotches, different areas, the highlands, the islands, Isla, Jura, um, the lowlands, Man, Scotland is such a small country in comparison to many, but it has so much possibilities with visiting the sites and the distilleries that it would be wonderful to start to put some of the pictures, the flavors, uh, the history together in an actual experience of taste, of sight, of sense, of um, smell upon all these areas. That is awesome. I mean, here, you know, I, I think uh, when we look at
0: some of the elements, we talked about the importance of a, of a, of a bucket list item. I think you, you you nailed like a couple of things there. One, it's something that's enjoyable. Two, it's an experience. Three, you're improving your life because, I mean, just like, I mean, you're improving your craft here with the Scotch Hour by, by going onto a tour, like, you know, touring those uh those distilleries and learning more about Scotch and stuff like that. I think that's phenomenal. That's, that's awesome.
1: How about yourself? What's your first bucket list? Um, Not necessarily the most important, but the first one you're going to share.
0: The first one I'm going to share is um, I one time was watching something on the Discovery Channel and it happened to be uh, with Napa Valley. And there are these like uh, tours or like these winery tours. I like. There are like a week or two week long mm-hmm. tours, and you actually end up staying at the wineries. And not only do you stay at the wineries, though, you actually like help out with the wine. And then you do like there like you you stay there on the on the estate and you cook food and stuff like that. And then they have other things that they tie into like with air, air balloon rides and stuff like that. Um, and I, that's like one of the like one of these like dream vacations that I would love to go on, and it's definitely on my bucket list. And, and the reason why is uh, when I was in the liquor industry, right out of college, pretty much, uh, I was a wine buyer for a while. So I, I you know, I I'd buy wine from the uh, from the distributors, and so I learned a lot about wines. And it's a definitely a passion of mine. I actually I'm more of a wine person than I am a Scotch person. And uh, that that would be something that I I would find, like, super fun, to just hang out in Napa, uh, you know, cook some good meals there at the wineries, stay at the wineries, and and drink some great wine.
1: I love that one myself because, um, again, it's part of fulfilling a greater understanding of a passion. And with that, uh, it just reminds me of a very – Minuscule version of what you're talking about when I went to California on a road trip and I did not go to Napa, but I did go to Sonoma and I visited two wineries in Sonoma. Uh, The favorite of the two was the Ferrari Carano winery and then also just unbeatable in other ways was the Francis Ford Coppola winery. But what I will share with you just very briefly is that when I was at the Ferrari Carano winery, they did this great job trying to involve uh, their tour guests in the process of asking a ton of questions. Well, um, if you haven't figured it out yet, wine is a ton of science. There is biology, chemistry, um, all types of science. And they were asking all these questions and I'm like, I got this. (laughs) And uh, they're like, do you work at a winery at the end of the winery? The one little guy, his name was Tony. I'll never forget his little Italian guy named Tony. And he's like, did you, do you work at a winery? Like, you know, all the answers. And I'm like, no, this is, that was actually my first winery tour ever. Um, after that, I visited, visited the Francis Ford Coppola and I only visited it because I was like, man, I wasn't going to make this extra couple hour drive and detour to visit the winery, except that I had so much fun here. I'm hoping I get it there. Totally different experience, still totally worth it. Um, but it was just this great piece of, of uh, helping connect dots. And when you do that, you can actually truly appreciate the more broad spectrum of everything that's involved. And I, th- I just I know for you, the wine piece, man, if you could do it in France, I would recommend that might take learning France or finding somebody else. But <laughs> I, I know that your love of Bordeaux and the other French varietals um, is, is that meaningful. But man, yeah, whether it's Napa or, or France that I can see being absolutely an unbeatable experience.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I thought too. All right. So your next one.
1: Uh, Well, we just talked about part of the experience and and understanding the, the process. So again, if you don't understand like for wine, and grapes, there was so much nurturing and science that goes into it. And part of that is temperature control. Part of that is nutrients in the soil. Part of that is um, moisture. So watering or, or natural resources, watering your grapes and all these different things play a role. Natural forest fires um, in, in the region can create additional smoke, soot, ash that falls into the soil can change the flavor of the wine. Sometimes that can ruin it. Other times it can make it that much more robust. And um, for me, it's part of this whole process uh, for the next one. And again, these are known in in no specific order. Um, But one of my bucket list items is to see both of my kids hit the age of 30 and be both happy and healthy. And uh, know that along that journey, after they graduate high school, after they proceed with whatever they do with college and beyond, that I see them through uh, really... Hoping that I live much longer because they should at that point, but that I see their lives through happy and healthy at least till 30. That is one of those things where, um, to me, that is like the full process. It's not just growing a grape, it's seeing the bottle of wine for a great Napa wine, typically five to seven years later.
0: That's a, that's a great one that has a lot of meaning there. So my next one is where Lambo just joking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) to find the mother farting Lambo. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Lambo. um,
0: That's that's not, that's not my second one. And once again, these these are in no order either. But another thing I I have on my bucket list and um, before I even say this one, I'm going to thank you for removing one from my bucket list (laughs) because it's, it is connected. Uh (laughs) I'm gonna thank you for uh uh convincing me to go out to Roswell with you and go to the UFO museum there. Uh that was on my bucket list. uh, and so I think that's great that I was able to go there with you and your kiddos. Had a great time. Uh unfortunately I didn't get to try the Toddzilla burgers.
1: We'll go back, man. We already know. But
0: um so that does lead into my next one here. Is I would like to attend one of these major UFO alien conferences where there's like a bunch of speakers that are going to be there and all kinds of stuff going on. And so I think that'd be like a pretty great experience just to like meet some of these other like UFO uh, enthusiasts and uh, ancient alien type of like experts and just be able to like, you know, just just gleam some more knowledge about that stuff because I, I really dig learning about UFOs and aliens and stuff I know it's kind of like more on the conspiracy side of things and but I just find it a lot of fun and very interesting because there are some questions out there that just cannot be answered by what we learn in religion or in history or in geology and stuff like there's things that that have occurred uh happen on this earth that just doesn't make sense unless and then unless either a we're talking about like human uh human civilization was way more advanced at one point and then we got dumbed down or we have uh, aliens that visited us.
1: I think that's a great one for two different reasons. Um the first one being it is part of being something that is long-sided which is Man, you can deny it or not, but ultimately our future, if you believe in any part of real science, not the new science, but real science, our future sees some pretty big obstacles on Earth. So getting off of Earth and traveling to other planets is definitely a future. And then there's the other one, which is acknowledging, hey, guess what? There's this possibility we're not the smarter species and other species, whether they're older or just simply smarter, have already gone intergalactic. (laughs) Uh, And and man, there's some good songs with that word in it. But nonetheless... I think that's absolutely phenomenal because I love the, the, the fact that you have so many people who are like, Oh yeah, we've been to the moon. I saw the moon landing and it's like, okay, so you saw us go to the moon. Now, do you think any aliens could have ever come to earth? Oh my God, you're ridiculous. That's a conspiracy theory. There's no such thing as aliens. That's ridiculous. Um, if we went to the moon, we became the first alien. So no matter what you can't deny that alien life has occurred, we went to another, uh, satellite, and landed and became an alien on that satellite. We weren't naturally there, right? So um, it's just interesting to me how people can't like connect the dots and and see that piece. Um, For me, and this is a tough one, Um, So it's two in one. It's visiting two different sites because I don't know that I need to spend more than a couple of days there. Although most recently I heard the second one might be a place I do need to spend uh, more than a couple of days. Uh, But the first one is to, because I've never done it. I've gone on uh, several road trips in my adult life, but I've never gone to see the great redwoods. I'm not talking about hugging a redwood that it takes four people to hug around. I'm talking about the ones it takes 40 people to hug around. And I would love to see those firsthand uh, trees those that are still left after so many burned down with that uh, fire a few years ago. Um trees that are that impressive uh, that there are something out of Lord of the Rings size Um, so that's one and I think that does definitely take a few days, a couple days to drive there, experience it and drive back but the other one is a little bit more immersive and that is to go see the Great Pyramid. So many reasons for this one which is only the aliens Um, but the second is is that uh, most recently there's a number of new things you can do and I'm kind of surprised by part of this, by the way, um, because they'll let you skydive above the pyramids, they'll let you do all these things where they would never let you go anywhere near the pyramids for a short period of time. And now they're like, hey man, we need to make some money, let's go. Um, but they just opened the second most expensive museum in Egypt with all of the historical. You know, you know, things, beings, mummies, gold, magic, tombs, all these different things that you can go see. Finally, Uh, um, the only more expensive museum, I don't even know it's open yet, but they're, of course, building in uh, the Middle East. So uh, where they're going to have the T-Rex they bought actually it's not the t-rex it's that other bigger dinosaur but uh in saudi arabia they're gonna have that but in egypt seeing the great pyramids uh by size and then just really considering seeing something of that mass but realizing how small something that massive is compared to the celestial beings they're perfectly aimed at in the sky a little bit more impressive
0: man you, you uh You've, you hit two that are
1: on my list, so
0: <laughs> I, I, I've always wanted to see the Redwoods, and then I've also, like, uh, Great Par- the Great Pyramids of uh, Giza I always wanted to go to as well. So <clears throat> the next one here on, uh, on my list is also, like, a travel destination. I'm just going to tie these two in together because they're both in Asia. Uh, I would like to uh, go see the uh, Great Wall of China. I think that'd be kind of impressive. I don't need, I don't need to spend like a ton of time there, but I think it'd be kind of cool to see. And then the other place is just to go to go to Japan and check out uh, uh Japan there a little bit. Especially since my grandmother is um, you know, she was actually Okinawan, so she's actually from Okinawa, but you know, going to Japan or Okinawa would would, would fill that need.
1: fills a pretty good historical base on both accounts, uh, you know, I'm sure most people know if not that's unfortunate but uh, the Great Wall of China for the longest time was the only man-made structure you could see from space space, right right? and then Okinawa just anytime you visit your history that's impressive Uh, just to really get a grasp of not what they went through but the current version of what they lived and experienced is always mind-boggling
0: yeah I agree
1: all right, my next one goes on a totally different segue. I'm bouncing back and forth here. Okay, um, But w- if I could afford to, I would have already done it. Um, typically, the nosebleed seats, if you can even get one, are ten grand. But I want to go experience one of the heavyweight boxing fights Ooh, that'd be fine. Of, of of our lives. And uh, the couple times I looked, I, I literally did look um, when I was – you know, money's no object on Scotch Hour, but uh, <laughs> apparently it doesn't even matter how much money you have because I logged in at one of the actually the Mayweather, the, uh, not the most recent, but when he was boxing before that, um, two fights ago. And I logged in right when they started selling tickets to see if I could even get one. Not that I was going to spend the $10,000 they were charging again for the nosebleed seats. Um, but I was going to see if I could. And they were sold out before. Like it was, I was like five seconds after the deadline. So probably logged in maybe a minute after the deadline. All the seats were sold. I um, happened to visit Las Vegas shortly thereafter. And I was talking with uh, a bartender at the hotel where that fight was going to be occurring. And he was like, oh, man, any of our fights, like all of the seats are sold out before the fight ever happens like you're not buying a seat actually all the tickets are pre-bought and they're given out to high rollers and to anyone else and if you get a chance to buy a seat you're buying it from one of them you're not buying it from the actual venue because the worldwide demand is that high so 10 grand for a seat was very reasonable as far as he was concerned i'm just like god damn to see floyd fight like the money-making mayweather like uh, i, I would have paid it if i could have but I, it turns out i couldn't even do it so it didn't matter <laughs> i couldn't get a ticket
0: all right so staying on sporting events um this is just something new and i think it'd be a fun
1: experience it's also online. i know where you're
0: going <laughs> <laughs> would be to do a full weekend for f1 <laughs>
1: yeah Again, the same thing, a good F1 experience. And you can get the tickets if you buy them early enough, 10 grand for a full weekend, decent experience.
0: So I think that would be like a really fun, like, get a fun time and a great experience. And this one would be like, obviously this one's just more about just experience and, and fun. Uh, not so much about like um, learning something new. But I'm, I'm sure they might have some, like, learning things there. I'm not sure. But.
1: So have you ever heard about people or from people who have been to these things? Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, I just know there's lots of money there. There's so much money, it's ridiculous. Maybe so, I'll find a sugar mama.
0: <laughs> dude,
1: you'll definitely find a sugar papa if you're looking for one. I'm not looking for a papa. So I'm just saying, um, it, it was funny because I talked with someone uh, rich These rich people i'm so jealous is really the bottom line i'm not talking about a little bit of money i'm talking about the millions you can just blow and he was talking about the differences from like high-end nascar so not regular nascar high-end nascar so you're getting like oh yeah i got to go visit the tents and this and that and the other well in formula one (laughs) they don't have tents they have trailers that turn into buildings It is insane. And when you go visit the building, it's not like you go get a hot dog or a burger in the tent. It's like, here's shrimp, champagne, lobster, depending on which truck or building you're in. Um, Here's pasta. Here's any number of different delicacies. It is a whole different world. It's like, yeah, we're here to have fun. Like we're living the exorbitant lifestyle because I'm number one, <laughs> number one. one. Like it's just this whole different level. I'm right there with you. I'm glad. I'm glad, was I'm glad it was
0: on your list because you you can expand. I got to mark
1: off too because
0: <laughs> you because uh, you can expand and explain it more than I can because I'm just I'm just a novice in this whole well, area.
1: Well, what I would share with you then is like it sounds great to go to an American Formula One race, right? It really would. Miami, Actually, I would, I'd rather go to a European one. So would I, and there's maybe a, Monaco, Monaco or. There is no team's crowd that is more famed than Italy Italy and the Tifosi. Um, And so it would either be Monaco or the Tifosi. And it would be a tough call for me because uh, typically with Monaco, again, if money is no object, you can get a decent, you're literally renting out a room in in a condo or apartment or a hotel. With that, though, you get this very limited view. You get a slightly and only slightly better view if you've got a $10 million plus yacht and you already rented a space out on the water. But in Italy, you get a better chance to see the view, to live with the people, because in any of those experiences, you're at least an apartment away or a boat away from anyone else in Italy you're typically in a field in a grandstand you're seeing color Uh, I'll tell you what I was very impressed with was uh the most recent race in Austria where they were all rooting for for Verstappen um man that was a great show to you so yeah I really I don't it's it would be a tough call I'd love to be with the money in Monaco but I'd also love to experience the people of Italy.
0: I, I don't doubt that. Okay, we probably have time for one more. So make it, make it your biggest, oddest, oddball one you got.
1: How about, I'm going to go through three, and on the third one will be the biggest one. Um, one of them for me, actually, ironically, would be to work on a farm for a week. And to really understand there's this show, if you ever watch Top Gear, one of the three main actors went on a show and buys a farm and tries to run it. And with that really shows what it takes to even try to make a positive dime, let alone a penny uh, or a dollar. And with that, I would love to work on a farm for a week and really experience how hard these people work, but also pick their brains. So find someone who could educate and teach me. Um, Next one, really quick. I would love to be with an eyesight, not TV site or video or camera site, but eyesight of an actual spacecraft launch of a rocket. Most likely, the next one will be one of Elon Musk's. But I would love to be with an eyesight of a, a rocket. Um, and I actually have a pretty diverse list here, including uh, I'm gonna throw them. Just the there. oddest
0: one, just the oddest one you dude, have. Dude,
1: I'm throwing on one other. Coupon. I want to catch an alligator and make a coat. <laughs> Um, to be truly the oddest, though, and I mean this because it would literally be odd because I like to like, really immerse myself in an experience I would love to enact in an actual real big play. It, whether that be a Shakespeare play or any other great writer's play, um, I would love to think I could play any or some role, <laughs> whatever they would <laughs> die as a major role in Hamlet, in Macbeth, um, in some of his greater works. I would love to be one of those roles. And why I would love that is because I think the history and the actual facts I would learn about Shakespeare and everything else while I was doing that would be, would be anything I've ever learned in any class. All right, those are those are great. Those are awesome. Your your biggest wireless one, okay? Or you can lay off a couple.
0: I'll I'll lay off one more. <coughs> um, I want to go visit the black box at, at Area Fifty One. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so many things I want to say.
0: <laughs> um, I also like to I'd also like to try skydiving.
1: That's a good one too.
0: But my oddest one I have on my list. Is I would like to attend a Rothschild surrealist type of party. Dude, hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's all, you know, it's like all Illuminati type shit. That's what I'm talking
1: about. If you don't know what he's talking about, the closest thing you ever see is the Great Gatsby. Yes. I'm in. Maybe you're plus one or two or three or whatever.
0: (laughs) So if I ever get invited to like Eyes Wide Shut or a uh, Rothschild surrealist party, Yes, I am totally down for something like that. that be I think that'd be that'd be wicked cool. But it definitely be it definitely would be an experience and something that's really oddballish. Um now <clears throat> I know like uh I mean if you know if you're like into like uh some of the other stuff, that's probably to say that's probably like food, like it's probably a no no because there are probably, you know, some people think they're Satanists and stuff like that. But honestly, I think it'd be kind of cool to to attend one of these parties and see like what what these, like, super wealthy people do. And, and you know what? Maybe if you're in that circle, it's maybe not so weird. But, you know, walking around with a person with a cage over their head and all kinds of weird stuff going on, I don't care. Call me. I, I, think, I think it'd be kind of a cool thing to attend.
1: I'm still waiting for my letter from any secret society. <laughs> exactly. Me too. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So hint starts with a nice watch,
1: just like in the skulls. <laughs>
0: What uh what are we drinking next week?
1: All right, next week. We're going down a step. So we visited the Craig Isle with an age on it. And now we're going with the standard Craig Isle single malt scotch whiskey. It has a handsome tin made to be very modern, somewhat sexy. Is it silver or blue? I can't really tell with the lights. Man, it's mostly silver, but it's got a hint of that blue in there. Okay,
0: I'm like, I'm like trying to figure it out.
1: Goes well with the red. (laughs) It but, does. yeah, this is something, uh, again, not terribly expensive. I think this is between the $30, $35 price point. Um, only place I've found it to date is at total wine and liquor. We've talked about how maybe they've made some deal- deals with their uh, babies' mamas <laughs> to be the only distributors of those alcohols. But that is absolutely a possibility.
0: And our subject?
1: Man, this is a tough one all right best two sports and why
0: oh okay Uh, that's that i think i could do that one
1: if you want to runner up for number spot number three you can go for it but otherwise uh, best two sports and why
0: not a problem all right um i'm gonna let you know what mine is going to be for the week following in case i forget i shouldn't forget but just in case i forget it will be the movie review of bullet train.
1: Yes. I was going to do that, but the movie wasn't going to be out in time.
0: Yeah, it'll be out on my week. So that's why I want to make sure I, I threw that out there right now. So if I start to say something next week, that's not bullet train. Just slap me upside the head. and Tell me it's Bullet bullet train.
1: <laughs> now, are you sure that's on your week? Yes. Okay. I
0: I, I looked at it. All right because uh well let's just let's let's look at the calendar real quick <laughs> because i'm pretty sure it's my week
1: dude i just think it's going to be a close call because
0: it comes out august 5th right
1: i think it's august 8th is it august 8th but i could be wrong you might be right i All think right. august 8th might be the friday so maybe it comes out earlier
0: well i think it actually hits the theaters like on a tuesday they're doing like the early release again so this week um so today's the 25th, today's the 25th. So yours is going to be on, uh, August 1st. Yes. And then the movie comes out on, did you say the eighth?
1: I thought it was the eighth, but if it's the fifth, we're clear the eighth, cause I literally, yeah, I was going to try to pull it off. I'm like, there's no way. Well,
0: actually if it's on the eighth then that would mean you should
1: be doing bullet train or on the fifth. We'll double check it though. Either that's, way. That's like what
0: I'm looking right right now. August 5th. So if it's August 5th.
1: You got time. You're gonna, yeah. You're going to clear it by like two days. It comes. So does that mean it does come out that Friday? It's an August 5th. That it comes out
0: August done. 5th. And then we record on. Nine. We record
1: on the 8th. Eighth. Okay. So that's where I got my dates wrong. I just knew it was super close because I wanted to do that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have time. God damn it. Yeah. So yeah. So that's time, right? So here's something interesting about bullet train. When I saw, and I get more and more excited with every preview and advertisement I see. Um, But every, I should say, 50% of the people I've asked about it, like, how excited are you to see this? They're like, the more advertisements I see, the less excited I am. And I'm like, how is that possible? Really? I'm like, the more
0: I see I'm more excited.
1: Also, somebody, I I think. Maybe I'm
0: strange, though.
1: Something unintentionally spoiled that Nope movie for me. And they're like, yeah, it has nothing to do with Aliens.
0: Which book? Which movie?
1: Nope. Has nothing to do with aliens? Yeah.
0: Then why do they show a UFO?
1: Clearly it's not a UFO. I didn't ask any questions because I didn't want it ruined anymore. Oh. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Because they could see my face when I looked at them. I'm like, why would you ruin it?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you do have the AMC pass. You might as well just go see it anyways.
1: Oh, yeah, but I've been busy working on my days of vacation.
0: (laughs) Precisely. That's why I haven't seen uh, Thor Love and Thunder yet. Dude,
1: that one I do like. (laughs) We will, we will rock you. In
0: any case, uh, thank you, everyone, for watching us.
1: Uh, (laughs) Drink responsibly.
0: Drink responsibly. Uh, Thank you for those who watch us on YouTube and Rumble, listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, and all those. Uh, thank you to the newest uh, subscriber on one of those uh, Audible uh, uh, or listening um, uh, platforms. Uh, we appreciate that, and uh, to all of you, hope you have a great evening. And
1: life uh, is great.
0: Life is great. Na na Cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you and hopefully you have
1: a wonderful year.